freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome Welcome to Unsolicited Perspectives. I'm your host, Bruce Anthony. Thank you for listening to today's episode. On today's episode, we're talking Powerball. LeBron James out here stretching the truth, y'all. The midterm elections and a new segment called Crazy Stories with Bruce. But first, first off, I want to thank everybody for listening, downloading the first episode, Happy Hours with my sister. We got a lot of great feedback and constructive criticism. All of that helps the show become better. We're looking to grow here. So the very first episode was pretty good, but we always want to get better. So we always welcome uh, constructive criticism and good reviews. You can also subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, like and comment. That also helps us out. So somebody did it, y'all. All these people were playing the Powerball and somebody actually hit the jackpot. $1.9 billion. Somebody out there in California. And you know what? God bless them. You know, I hope that they do something positive with that money. Of course, go get yourself some nice toys, but also do something a little positive with that money. I was arguing with the person about how much money do you actually get? We know now. Because they posted how much money that you actually get once they cash in. But they were thinking, oh, you're going to get a billion dollars. And I was telling them, no, you're not. You're not getting a billion dollars. If it's 1.9, the main cash payout is going to be less than a billion. And that's not accounting for taxes. And sure enough, it was the the after taxes and the payout is something between 400 and 500 million, which, by the way, is still generational changing wealth. Right. Like I'm not saying, hey, that's not good money. That's great money. But it is a little misleading. But I digress. In this conversation I had with this person. It kind of dawned on me because they asked me, hey, did you play the Powerball? And I said, no, I don't ever play it. Why not? You have a chance to win all that money. It's because I have a chance to win all that money. For those of you who know me, you know what I'm about to say to be true. For those of you who don't know me, I'm pretty reckless in my personal life. Don't get me wrong. I've made some really sound decisions. I am happy with where I am in my life. But there are moments where I have made some destructive decisions. Do you think giving me four to $500 million is going to lessen that? No, I'm only going to become more of what I already am. And what I already am is somebody that's pretty wasteful, pretty, pretty careless, and pretty impulsive. Now, I'm not going to go out there and buy a bunch of stuff, right? If I won the money, this is what I would do. I'm starting two foundations. One foundation to help kids in group homes and foster care and things of that nature. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. I would also develop a foundation to help homelessness. I have an idea. I'm not going to put it on here because y'all going to steal it and run with it. But I have an idea that could help combat homelessness and help the people get out of homelessness and into back to regular lives or into a regular life. 
And then I would also spend the money. But I'm not that materialistic. Now, my father would say that I am. When I was in college, I was studying to be a high school history teacher because I wanted to help the people. Those that know me know I have a Superman complex. I want to help the people. I want to help the kids. My dad told me, quite frankly, hey, man, uh, you're not going to make enough money to be in a teacher to support the lifestyle that you want to live. I said, Dad, what the hell are you talking about, man? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't live a crazy lifestyle. He's like, I'm telling you, the way you want to live you're not going to make enough money. Mind you, as he's telling me this, this is the height of the bling bling air. And I'm bling blinging. I've got diamonds, big diamonds in both ears. I've got two watches on, a Rolex and a Movado. Were they real? No, they weren't real. But that doesn't mean anything. That's not the point. I had a big chain. I had a chain custom made. Okay. The chain was a Superman diamond with a B in the middle. I had this customly made. I was the first one in my crew that had a cell phone. The first one. My father was right. Now, don't get me don't get me confused right now. Don't get it confused. I'm not living a crazy lifestyle right now. I'm modest. I used to have a Jordan addiction. I've gotten older and I've, I haven't bought Jordans in two years. Um, you know, I, I buy simple clothes. Like, I'm not out here wearing really crazy stuff. I don't even own a car, don't want a car, don't really like to drive. If I won the Mega Millions, I'd have a car service. Uh, would I buy a new motorcycle? Maybe. But also, you know what? I'm up there in that age and the last situation with a motorcycle didn't end too well. And maybe I don't want to get back on that mug. So I would buy a condo in Hawaii because everybody that knows me knows I love Hawaii. I would build a house here, but it wouldn't be this crazy, ridiculous house. The things that would be cra crazy in this house would, I would have a media room. I would have a gym. I would mimic the rocks gym because everybody that knows me knows. Well, I don't like to work out. Let, let's, let's not get confused. I don't like to work out. I like what working out does for me and pff, like a game room because I love games. But other than that, like if I can't buy a sports team and don't get it twisted, 500 million, you can't buy a sports team. If I can't buy a sports team, what am I really going to do with that money? Quit working? Well, yeah, that's a given. I'm not going to work anymore. But I need to do something to keep me busy because everybody that knows me knows I like to drink. And if I don't have anything to do, if I'm bored, I'm going to crack them bottles open. And that's a problem if you don't have a job. So, yes, I didn't play the Mega Millions or the Powerball. It was the Powerball. I didn't play the Powerball because I'm scared of actually winning that type of money. Would I do good? Absolutely, I would do good. I would also do some bad. Speaking of billions of dollars, that leads me to the billionaire. And yes, look it up. He is actually a billionaire. LeBron James. He is out here being an old man, y'all. So a little bit of a backstory. A couple of weeks ago, unfortunately, Takeoff, a member of Migos, was killed in a bowling alley in Houston, Texas. First off, let me just say this is a tragedy that we lost a young king. Rest in power, young king, and my condolences go out to his family, friends, and loved ones. This was a senseless killing that didn't need to happen. With that being said, LeBron James. So LeBron goes on and says that in 2010, when he was with the Miami Heat, 
that he was the first one to play Migos and that he was playing it all throughout the locker room and everybody was complaining about him playing Migos. There's one slight problem. Migos didn't record their first song until 2011. So how is he going to introduce everybody to Migos in 2010 when they haven't recorded the first song in 2011? Is he Marty McFly? Did he go back to the future? Or did he go to... Like, how did that happen? I'm confused. I'm like Marvin Gaye. I want to know what's going on. But I know what probably happened. Look, LeBron James played for the Miami Heat from 2010 to 2014. The first season was a 2010-2011 season because they start in October and they end in June. That year, they ended in June by losing to the Dallas Mavericks. They beat the, the Chicago Bulls before that in the Eastern Conference Finals in five games. I'm not too happy about that but because um, my man Derek – man, let's, let's just move on. I don't want to bring up old memories. But it was 2010 to 2011. So it's realistic that in his first season, which started 2010, that some point in 2011 when Migos actually did record the song – that he did introduce people to Migos. But he is getting dragged all through social media because, obviously, he misspoke. Did he put 100 on 10? Maybe. Was he the first one to find out about Migos and put it on because it's a popular thing to say right now because, unfortunately, we lost that Young King uh, takeoff? Maybe. Maybe it is. Or maybe he's just getting older and the, and the years are getting confusing. I, I know from personal experience, this pandemic has screwed me up as far as these years are concerned. I don't know what year we're in right now. What is it? 2001, 2002? It's 2002. It's about to be 2003. But I don't know. Somebody asked me a couple of months ago how old I was. I told him the age that I was before the pandemic started because I completely forgot that we've been in the pandemic for over two years. I completely forgot that the pandemic started in 2020, but started three months into 2020. It didn't start until the middle of March. There were a whole two and a half months of 2020 that it was no pandemic. Then I remember Kobe died. The world stopped. But like LeBron James, I'm getting older. I'm actually older than he is. But he's getting older. He's getting forgetful. He, these these years and stuff are starting to mix up. Basically, what he was saying is he's been a fan of Migos, and I actually believe him on that. But also, you're getting old, bruh, because you're mixing up years, and it only happens when you get older. The midterm elections. Wow. Um, so... There was supposed to be an interview that I was going to put in this podcast, but the views I'm getting ready to express, I didn't want it to be connected to the guest. So I'll put that interview on a later podcast. But real interesting what happened on Tuesday. So there was supposed to be a red wave and it was more of a pink ripple. Um, And Democrats are really ecstatic about that. Uh, that it wasn't a red wave and Republicans are really disappointed because it isn't a red wave. And there are still races that are still undecided right now. So we don't know who has control of the House and who has control of the Senate. I will say this. It looks like 
Republicans will have control of the House. And it looks like Democrats will have control of the Senate and the White House. Uh, I really don't know. I really don't know what that means for this country. The country is still divided. There is no common ground because people want to say Democrats are there's some in the party that are way off to the left. And, and there are some that are off to the left. But even in the extremism of the Democratic Party, the basic principles are to help people. Right. Like what are some of the policies that they want to incorporate? Universal health care. Raise the minimum wage. Uh, I don't necessarily see how these are bad things. People will say that <laughs> raising the minimum wage is going to affect business. And and it will. Small businesses, it will. But the arguments that McDonald's, Burger King, Domino's, Best Buy, these companies, Amazon, these companies can't afford minimum wage, which which they want to raise it to $15, which is still not a living wage. All right. $15 an hour at 40 hours a week is $600 before taxes. Do the math. It's $600 before taxes, right? Multiply that into four weeks. That's $2,400 a month before taxes. After taxes, you're looking at what? If you're lucky, 21. Look, I'm not going to tell y'all what my rent is. But I live in the Washington, D.C. area. Y'all know. I live in, it says it's a luxury high rise. It says it's a luxury high rise. I think it's mid-level. It's not luxury. I know other apartment buildings in this DMV area that are luxury. It's, it's, it's better than, it's, be, it's above average. It is above average, but it ain't luxury. And trust me, I pay more than that in rent. And I got a one-bedroom, one-bath. I don't even have a two-bedroom, two-bath. I don't even have a one-bedroom and a den. I don't even have a one-bedroom and an office. I have a one-bedroom and a bath in a high-rise. But I do have a balcony overlooking the courtyard and the pool. And last summer, there was a lot of girls out there in them thongs. But I digress. Like, $2,400 a month before taxes is not a lot of money. That's not a livable wage. And even if you have two incomes, 2400 times two, $4,800 a month before taxes. Eh, maybe. Not if you got no kids. And also depends on where you live. So these aren't things that I think are asking a lot of major corporations. Small businesses, yeah, it's going to hurt some small businesses. But as somebody who's started several small businesses and failed in several small businesses, um, it's all about how you start that small business, right? It's all if you have a plan. If you're thinking starting a restaurant or starting a bar that you're going to hit big, that's not going to happen. That's one of the biggest industries that actually fail for new businesses. So I really don't know what the answer is, but I do know paying people a living wage is not not the evilest of things. On the flip side, trying to take away women's reproductive rights. Look, as far as I'm concerned, men, we don't have a place in this conversation at all. We can't tell a woman what to do with her body. Haven't we learned by now that we can't tell a woman what to do with her body? It's her body. It's her choice. Like that's, I don't understand how that's a difficult concept because it's not like guys are out here 
clamoring to get vasectomies, right? And we would be pissed. We would actually be pissed if there was legislation that was put upon and proposed for men to have to get vasectomies. We would hate it. But yeah, we want to force women to have pregnancies that maybe it's not even that they don't want, that they can't have, or it's not right. Should birth control be you? I mean, should abortion be used as birth control? No, I don't believe that. But I don't. I also don't think that it is, because I don't know if y'all looked at the rates for abortion, but I looked it up. Abortion ain't cheap. We talking full five hundred dollars a pop, and I understand what the stigma is in abortion. What the right wants to tell you is that it's a whole bunch of welfare women out here getting abortion. They can't afford that. Ain't no, ain't no whole bunch of welfare women getting abortion, right? It's too expensive. So, and even Planned Parenthood, I looked at Planned Parenthood. I actually contribute to Planned Parenthood. Uh, well, hold on. Let me pause on that one. I did contribute, but they was asking for too much money. I had to cut them off, man. They was, they was bothering me like a, like a, like, you know, a significant other that just won't get the hint. Like enough is enough. Like they was, they kept asking, they kept, up in the ante. And I was like, you know what? Y'all ain't getting no more money out of me. We threw. But men, we don't have a right to tell women what to do. This should be, women should decide this. Actually, I like what a lot of states have done where they put it on the ballot where people can actually vote on it, right? Because this is an issue that people should actually have the right to vote on. And uh, surprise, surprise, Kentucky was like, nah, we're not going to prohibit abortion. Um, that was the second state that surprised me. I believe the other one was Missouri, uh, earlier in 2021, or maybe it was 2022. Maybe it was this year, uh, that opposed abortion bans. Look, and, and part of the reason why it was a pink ripple and not a red wave is because that's one of the issues, right? Like to ban abortion, no matter what, rape and incest. Like, we're okay with that. We're okay with making a woman that's already been violated and making her carry a baby to term. I don't know if y'all watch Law and Order SVU, but Olivia Benson's mother put her through the ringer. Now, I know that's a fictionalized television show, but to say that that couldn't happen in real life or isn't happening in real life would be wrong. Like, of course, if a woman carried her rapist child to term and raised that child to always be reminded of that could cause real trauma. And that trauma gets passed on to the child. So, yes, it wasn't a red wave. It was a pink ripple. But on the flip side, for Democrats to be so happy that they didn't lose by that much. We out here claiming moral victories. On a real, my dude, we out here claiming moral victories. Nah. In fact, in the matter is, a lot of the stuff that they were saying that they would do for the midterms, they couldn't do, right? Like, I looked into it. To codify Roe v. Wade, you need 60%, you need 60 Senate votes. They weren't going to get 60 Senate votes. Because even if they did really, really well, they would have had maybe 53 and this is like really well in the center races, 53 votes. You're still seven short. And there's two in your own party that don't go on party lines. So you couldn't codify 
Roe v. Wade. So we out here taking moral victories. Okay. All right. I guess take what you can get. I mean, I don't, I don't go into a competitive situation. When I play NBA 2K3, and I'm a for real player at NBA 2K3, for real. I'm a Madden champion. One of my best friends to tell you, because I used to kick his ass in Madden and won a couple of tournaments. I'm a video game. Look, I'm a competitor. I like to win. Losing by a little bit is not a victory to me. It's still a loss. Herschel Walker. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised. I saw this coming. And... (laughs) I'm not speechless, but in a way, I am kind of speechless because when you look at it, the people that placed him in the position that he is in, they don't even believe that he's really the best candidate. They don't, right? Like, they believe that they can put a puppet and make no mistake about it, he will be a puppet um, to vote along the lines of which they want. And to make sure that other people don't win. This is tribalism that I often talk about. It's, I want to win at all costs, no matter what. So the funny thing about the Georgia Senate um, election is that 70% of white people voted for Herschel Walker. That number is even higher for white women. I can't find, I've been looking all all over, but I can't find that exact number. I think it was like 72%. 72% of white women voted for Hirsch Walker. And it, it doesn't surprise me, but it perplexes me that white women or poor white people will consistently vote against their best interests because rich white people. And make no mistake about it, when we talk about white supremacy, we're talking about rich white male supremacy. Do white males that aren't rich still benefit from it? Yeah, because they're white. They they benefit some from it. But ultimately, ultimately, rich white males benefit from white supremacy. And they've been using the playbook for years, for years of placing us against them. They'll convince people. It goes all the way back to slavery, right? A lot of the overseers during the slavery times were Irish. If you look at the history of this country, uh, Irish, look, it's like Native Americans, Black folks, Jewish folks, and Irish. Like, Irish ain't been treated well in this country at all. They was one step above slaves. They was overseers. They were indentured servants. The Irish was treated like shit. But rich white people always gave the Irish just enough to make them feel like they were better and more superior than slaves. And that mentality has been placed down from decade to decade to decade to decade to century, right? So it's an old playbook. They'll convince poorer white people to vote against their best interests because, hey, it's us against them. It's us against black people. It's us against illegals crossing the border because all those Mexicans are rapists and and child molesters and they're going to gut you and 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 steal your house and, and pee on your kids on the way out. Like, 
the fear tactics are working uh, because 70% of white people voted for Herschel Walker. I don't know if this man can formulate complete sentences. And I'm not one to talk because, like I said, I got a speech impediment. I got a stutter. I don't know how I'm doing this podcast. I know y'all catch the flub ups in the words. I don't edit them out. I let them be because this is me. This is who I am. But Herschel Walker? Like, this is this is an interview that I feel like Herschel Walker would do. Herschel, how do you feel today? I play football. I run. Quarterback say hike. Coach say go. Touchdown. Football. We're going to win today. Football. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't feel that he's intelligent at all. But he's a puppet. He's somebody that they can place in that position to vote for what they want. And what they want, like I said earlier, is to restrict voting rights, restrict women's rights restrict gender rights. Like, it's a slippery slope, y'all. Like, for those people out there that are saying, well, I don't believe in people and transgenders having rights. Okay, you could try to come up with a moral argument that I don't agree with, but, like, you could come up, you could try to come up with that, right? But it's a slippery slope because the first thing they'll do is they'll say, well, there's no transgender rights. Then they'll say, there's no gay rights. Right. Then next thing you know, they'll say, uh, interracial relationships are not appropriate. We're going to outlaw that. Don't believe me. Interracial relationships used to be outlawed, like within my parents generation. And there's a reason why I have my parents birth dates tattooed on my forearms. My mom was born in 57. My dad was born in 58. What does that mean? I'm the first generation from that line that was born after the civil rights movement, which means I am the first generation of my family born in this country that was actually birthed with all of his rights. Think about that. I'm the first one. Well, I have some cousins that were born in the 70s, but it's our generation, right? Like it's me and my cousins that those are the first ones that were born in this country that from birth had all their rights legally, legally. So you got Herschel Walker up here being the puppet. You got 70% of the vote, white vote, more of white women vote. And one of my good friends who's who's a white woman I've known since college, she's a very good friend of mine, commented on the last podcast with my sister when me and my sister were talking about white supremacy. And I'm not a white woman. I can't understand how you would vote against your lines. I can't have understanding in that because, I'm once again, I'm not white, right? I'm black and I'm a male. So there, from those two degrees, I'll never have an understanding. She texted me and just listening to our podcast, she texted me and she said, white women will always protect white male supremacy because they still benefit from the closeness to the power of the husbands, brothers and dads. Wow. Wow. Like, okay. All right. I guess I kind of get... 
I, I don't completely, un- like, I can't understand it, right? Because it still seems ignorant to me, but okay, if, if that's what you want to do. So, so they're going to a runoff and uh dumbass Herschel Walker got a chance to be in the Senate. Okay. That, you know what? To each their own and we'll see on December 6th what happens from that. So this is the last topic I'm going to address about the midterms because it's depressing and and I'm I'm tired of thinking about it and I'm tired of talking about it. But this last part I felt was really, really interesting. So in all the elections in all the states, there were five states that actually had uh, an amendment based on slavery. Now, it's not... It's not quite what you think, but it is what you think. So it was a a vote on ending slavery as a punishment, uh, basically about forcing prisoners to perform labor for free. So if you know anything about anything about the correctional system in this country, it's big business. It is big, big business. It is essentially... Almost. I mean, they tr- they pay them pennies, free labor for states to contract out services to these prisons to get things done around the states, building roads, buildings, things of that nature on the real, real cheap. So the idea that we're not still living in a slave type system uh, just because it's in the 1800s and eyes on the prize, eyes on the prize isn't playing anymore. That's not true, right? Slavery is still out there. It's just prisoners that they're putting in these slave type situations. So they voted to prohibit slavery in five states. It passed in four. The only state that it didn't pass in was Louisiana. Louisiana. Didn't pass there. Okay. All right. Uh, Also, the thing that kind of bothered me was that these votes were really close. In Oregon, I think it was something close to like 500, 600,000 people that voted for slavery. Like they voted for it. This is 2022 about to be 2023. And this country is voting for slavery. And I know what, I know what these people, okay, I don't know what these people are thinking, but I got an idea of what these people are thinking that are voting for it, right? They're saying that they're prisoners. Who cares? They deserve it. You do the crime, you do the time. Uh, the problem is the justice system in this country ain't, this ain't a word, but I'm going to make up a word, ain't real justiful. That's a new word out here, justiful, when the justice system just ain't just and right. That's the definition. I just created that. We're gonna coin that. We're gonna coin. We're gonna coin that, and that's gonna that's gonna be a thing. Um, but okay, four out of five states. But there were, you know, four out of five states voted. You know, they was like, hey, we don't want to have slavery anymore, even though it was close. It was close. But they said they didn't want to have slavery anymore. And then there's a question, right? There's a question, people. Some people, some of my white friends will ask me, do you, do you think this country is racist? Hell 
yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, this country is 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 still racist. We thought it was over. Like, I get it. We elected a black president, and I guess racism was going to be over because he brought about hope. <laughs> but then he brought about the Tea Party, which brought about Trump and MAGA. Like, just turn on the news and see what these people are saying. Like, people are saying outlet. People are saying to me, I have a Jewish friend. He was like, I've never seen it this bad before. It's like really bad now. I was like, nah, bruh. It's always been this bad. These people are emboldened to say what the hell they want to say. Instead of being said behind closed doors, they're just sitting out in the open because the president was saying it. Right? The president was saying it. So now everybody feels like they could just say, they can speak their truth. They can speak their power to truth. It ain't their power, but it's their truth. They can speak it. Yes, this country is still racist. You know what? I think I got a good analogy. You know how in every city there's a historic district that's typically based off ethnicity? Like you have like Chinatown and and you have Little Italy and things of that nature. And and these enclaves in these cities that are super ethnic and they, they created shops and houses and stores. These people created it specifically for them. All right. Now imagine 30 or 40 years ago that a community of little people decided that they were going to do the same thing. So instead of doing it on ethnic lines, it was little people uh, decided to create their own part of the city and they built houses and apartment buildings and restaurants and stores that catered to them. The tallest that you can be for a little person legally is, I believe, 4'10 and a half. But everything 4'10 and under is labeled a little person. The average female is around 5'2 to 5'4. The average male is around, uh, let me not disrespect my short kings out there, 5'10 to 5'11, right? So if little people had built up this historic little person district, that all the buildings are catered to them, then the places are going to be smaller. Ceilings are going to be lower. Cabinets are going to be lower. Everything's going to be lower. Fast forward to 30 years later, and you want to gentrify the area because that's what happens to all these ethnic areas. I live in Washington, D.C., and Chinatown is not Chinatown. I moved here 20... No, 20. Wow. I'm getting older. 27 years ago. And when I moved here 27 years ago, Chinatown was really Chinatown. Now, look, it's not Chinatown no more. It's labeled that, but it's not Chinatown no more. So people want to gentrify this little people area. The only problem is that the little people area is built for little people. So you have people that are average size adults trying to move into these homes, these apartments, trying to shop in these stores and these restaurants that they just don't. Maybe some of them fit into, but they aren't comfortable in this environment and they're trying to maneuver in this environment that isn't suited for them because it wasn't built for them. It wasn't built for them or by them. The reverse of FUBU wasn't built for them or by them. That's what it's like for people of color trying to live in this country. 
Because remember, this country was built by rich Christian white males. It wasn't built for anybody else. We're all trying to exist in the system and institutions that weren't built for us. And in that, living in systems that aren't built for us, people of color and women, we become victims of the system, which is the reason why you see mass incarceration for people of color. And oh, by the way, people of color dominate these prisons, not because they're more violent, but because we're living in systems that really weren't built for us and put in a new form of slavery. Before out of five states voted against it, except for Louisiana. Huh. And you want to ask me, do we still live in a racist country? Well, if I give you all the evidence and you still reject it, what can I say, right? To quote Dan Lebetard, I'm not going to tell you how to think. I don't want to ever tell anybody how to think or what to think. I crave learning from people. I want to hear your opinions. I think that we can learn from each other. Even when we disagree, we can learn from each other. So I'm never going to tell you what or how to think. But I'm always going to ask you, do you want to think? All right, all right. We're at that final segment. And just to bring a little levity to the podcast, here is Crazy Stories with Bruce. This is a segment that won't be weekly, but might be weekly, where I tell you a crazy story that some of them revolve around me. Some of them are just stories that I've heard, but are always crazy. This is personally a story about me. I had to start off with a story about me. And trust me, y'all, people that know me know that I got a lot of crazy stories. Half the time, I forget them. I tell stories, move on. Then friends of mine remind me, hey, remember that time 10 years ago when you got punched on a date? That's a story for another time. But today's story is I had moved from Baltimore back to D.C., currently living in the same place that I'm living now. And if you own a dog, you know dog walkers in the area become familiar with one another because you typically have your dog on a schedule and everybody else has their dog on a schedule and dog people are tend to be friendly uh, and you exchange names sometimes and you conversate. I'm not one of those people like I just want to walk my dog and get back in the house because contrary to what a lot of my friends believe, I'm not super social. I'm personable, but I'm not super social. But anyway, I digress. I'm walking my dog and I routinely walk my dog on the weekend mornings around the same time. And every time I'm walking my dog, I run into this one lady. She's walking her dog. And this is how the transactions go for months. It is high. Then a couple of weeks go by is, hi, how are you doing? 
right? Then a couple of weeks or months go by is, hi, how are you doing? Have a nice day. This is the extent of our conversations. One day, it goes from, hi, how are you doing? Not have a nice day, but, so how are you? How are you and have a nice day are two different things. Have a nice day means we are parting ways and you are saying goodbye. How are you is you're trying to start a conversation. Now it's Saturday or Sunday morning because it's the weekend. It's probably around 1030. Am I a little hungover? No, I really don't get hungover, but I'm groggy. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, how are you doing? She says to me, I'm doing okay, just finishing up my divorce. Now, most people right then and there would stop dead and say, oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I got something I got to do or try to get out of the situation. Me, my Superman complex, obviously there's something that she wants to get off her chest. And I'm a spiritual believer. So maybe in this moment, I'm supposed to help her in some way. So I'm going to entertain this. And as a fellow divorcee, I say, oh, yeah, I know divorce can be complicated, but I'm going to tell you there's life on the other side of it. No matter how bad it is in the moment, it will get better. She says to me, well, I hope so, because the divorce is really bad. I don't ask questions. I'm a messy person, but I don't ask questions because it's early in the morning. I just want to walk my dog, get back into my place, get ready to go to the gym to work out. And she says, she continues on with the conversation and she's like, yeah, it's, it's really bad, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, things will get better. She was like, no, things won't get better. I caught him looking at child pornography. Wait, what? Excuse me? Excuse me, Miss Ma'am. You caught him doing what? First of all, what? Child pornography? I got so many questions, but I don't want to ask them because I don't want this conversation to go on any longer. I don't know this woman's name. I haven't had no breakfast. Miss Ma'am, it is early in the morning. Why are you approaching me with this realness? This is real. Like... If he cheated, you cheated. Like, I can deal with this. But your man was a full-blown petty? Not pedicure, pedophile. He was a petty. Okay, uh, so I just sit back and listen to her. She didn't give me too much detail, but, but basically the story goes that she was home one day and she found porn on her husband's laptop. And instead of it being, you know, some regular porn, it was child pornography. Yeah, my man was in jail. And supposedly when you get arrested and you're trying to get a divorce, it's not super easy. Um, I didn't, I, <sighs> yeah, I didn't really know what to say or do. Like, I, like I wasn't prepared for this type of conversation because once again, the path of our conversations had gone from, hi, hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Have a nice day. 
to, hi, how you doing? My husband is a pedophile. What? Miss Ma'am, once again, what? What am I supposed to do with that? Well, I bet y'all are wondering what happened to this lady. The hell if I know, because I changed up my schedule of walking the dog. He had a couple of accidents in the house, but I was prepared to clean up those accidents just so that I wouldn't run into this woman again because my Superman complex only goes so far. You gave me too much. Yes, I like hearing about other people's messiness. I'm a messy individual. I won't ask you about it, but I'm not going to deny it if you want to tell me. I wish I could have denied it when she told me this. I didn't want to know. I don't want to know. I want to forget about it. But I can't. And that's a crazy story with Bruce. Well, That's the end of today's episode. I want to thank you once again for listening to this podcast. Once again, please give us feedback, positive, constructive criticism. I want it all. I want to make sure that this podcast continues to grow, gets better and better, and we want to hear your feedback. Also, follow us on Instagram at unsolicited underscore perspectives. Every now and then we'll do a Q&A and we'll give you guys an opportunity to propose topics and discussions that will be presented here on this podcast. Until that time, once again, download, subscribe, like, comment. We want all that information. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, howdy 5,000. Peace.